0: I'm going to get to your cause. I have with me a longtime friend, a hardworking man, a white man who is not afraid and will stand up for what is right. Mike Cernovich is here. He is a filmmaker, author, and independent journalist. Uh, His work includes the book, Guerrilla Mindset, and his film, Host, Host. And inside look at fake news and the impact it has on the average citizen. So I've talked spoken with Mike several times over the years. He has guest hosted my show for me, the Jesse Lee Peterson show. He's been on the Father State. And he also spoke out at the ninth, I mean he spoke at our ninth annual men's conference. So when I say friend, he is a friend. Mike, welcome back. <sighs> Great to be here yeah we've been we've been talking for five six years, I think I know it's amazing, man. The last time we spoke, you had one child, I've heard you now have a second daughter,
1: yeah, now I have two daughters, yep, two
0: daughters amazing, we need white babies,
1: well, she's Persian, so they're you know <laughs> they uh, my wife's Persian, so
0: <laughs> so she half Persian Sorry. half white,
1: yeah, yep, yep.
0: Well, that's better than nothing because I'm being told that white people are being outnumbered. And after a while, they become the majority instead of the majority.
1: Well, that's yeah. America will be a majority or a majority minority country, I think, by 2030,
0: 2040. That's not good, Mike. If that should happen, we are going to have South Africa in America.
1: Well, I I I'm not quite that pessimistic. Uh, a lot of things are happening tonight that are bringing 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 out, you know, a lot of issues. So this is a very revealing moment in the country's
0: history right now. Do you see or, or am I seeing something that's not real that white people are the most hated species on this side of heaven for no reason? That's
1: Historically, I mean historically speaking, um no, so here's why. The Chinese are colonizing Africa, but white people in America don't care. Uh the white liberals in America don't care because they support China and they're ignoring what's happening in China. So I would say that uh, sub-Saharan Africans are the most hated by especially cuz China is 1.3 billion of the population. Within, a, within America, though, whites are it's, – it's an accepted demographic to that you're allowed to hate, right? I was telling people you know, the other day one reason so many people join Antifa is because if you join Antifa and go beat people up, the media will say, oh, yeah, these guys are great. We love them. They're, so you can join a street gang essentially and get away with it because Antifa is a street gang that is – Race, racist It's a hate group and it's racist against white people so you can go join a hate group and you can join a street gang and commit crimes and violence and the media will fully support that
0: yeah absolutely um, speaking of Antifa I know you've dealt with them a lot at different rallies and protests and things like that the president says that he's going to uh, 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 deem them a uh, uh, terrorist group what do you think about that
1: well, that yeah it's long overdue, yeah. yeah, domestic, yeah, he he's going to deem them a domestic terrorist group, and that should have been done a long time ago. that's way that's way overdue,
0: yeah, but I'm the more I learned about antifa, it seemed as though they are well organized, not only in America but around the world, like someone else with money and influence is uh paying them and instructing them to go out and destroy America and other parts of the world. Do you see it that way? No, I used to until I infiltrated
1: and had sources and learned how they work. It's basically a bunch of Antifa's funded. They don't need that much money, right? Like, how much does it cost for them to buy a tear gas mask? They're they're living off mama and dad's uh, money. That's been shown that when they look at uh, protesters eighty eighty so, something like this, um James if somebody can maybe find the article while we're talking, but something like seventy five percent of protesters still live at home with Mom and Dad. So Mom and Dad are funding these wayward use by by uh, pandering to them. so you don't need you know a lot of people try to blame this on Soros and other people and that you don't need that much money to do it. You don't need that much money to get on social media organized and have people show up and then they commit crimes, but they they are sharing information. So in terms of uh, uh, centralization, there are uh, terrorist groups and groups from uh, China especially, and also terrorist groups from the Middle East, teaching them how to commit crimes and get away with it. And that's why we're watching their tactics get better. Now they when when I first started covering these people, they, you know, they would randomly spray paint something or randomly break a window, but now they're moving with military precision. Right? Yeah. They're they're organized, they're like they they know what they're doing It's like a small arms group tactic. So that kind of training is coming from military operations and
0: terrorists in the Middle East and China especially. Do they really want to destroy the armed forces and the military? I mean, the, the military, the police departments, and all that—what they want to destroy them? Oh
1: yeah, they want to murder.
0: Uh, the, it's criminals. What do they it, want, Mike? What 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 is the final game for them? What they what do they want?
1: It's it's the movie Joker. These are nihilists. These are people with no belief in God, no belief in culture, no belief in civilization. They're just angry white kids who want to go out. And destroy things because they have a hole. They have a hole where their heart goes, a hole where their soul goes, and as you know, that gets filled with demonic forces. Yeah. And so, what is, the, you know, so if you ask me what Antifa wants, it's a lot like saying, "What, what does demons want? Well, they want to bring darkness and suffering and misery and plague to the country to the world for all of eternity." That's what Antifa wants. They are, they are in, lo- they are demonic. There's no other way to put it.
0: And so, I've noticed that. And heard several reports that a lot of them were being arrested with all this stuff that's going on now and that the so-called celebrities and uh, uh, Biden and others, the Democratic politicians, are donating money to get them out of jail. Why would they be supporting such radical groups?
1: Because they view Antifa as their paramilitary arm. So they're making a mistake that a lot of people have that's been talked about, you know, Frankenstein's monster. The Democrats think, oh, well, we have a little paramilitary arm called Antifa. Antifa will go hurt all the cops, hurt all the Trump supporters. They'll just only hurt our enemies. Right. That's what they're thinking. Yeah, they're unleashing them onto the world, not realizing that that'll turn it on you. One of the most revealing events that ever happened in real time was a ESPN writer. I think he doesn't, he might not work there now, but longtime ESPN writer, sports writer. And he tweeted out, burn it down in regards to Minneapolis, a low, low income housing project, 189 people lose their homes, 189 families lose their homes. And he says, burn it down. And then the next day he goes, I can't believe these criminals are coming to my neighborhood, <laughs> right? To my gated community and th- and that's how these people think are yeah. these white liberals also this is all demonic these are all um, you know cuz we've talked about religion over the years and everything else yeah. and yeah. i told you that you're, if you w- what is happening now can only be described or understood as as demons working through these people to try to bring suffering and misery to the world. Yeah. That's all they're trying to do. You're you're, you're running, you're running, in, in, like Minneapolis, for example, you're running people out of their poor families are losing their homes. Yeah. What are they going to do now? You now, So now you have hundreds of homeless black families, maybe thousands more homeless black families. So now you're going to have more, and that's what they want, but they want to create more of a pipeline. They want to make black people despair more and, and harm them even more because to them, it's just all demonic. They just want to see people suffer. They don't care who.
0: So the blacks who are participating with Antifa, and I know that Antifa used the word racism, they used police brutality, those types of words, in order to control the blacks. Do they think Antifa love them? Okay,
1: that's that's a great question. So there's three groups primarily going on. One is Black Lives Matter, who you have a critical opinion of. I'm a little more optimistic about the better elements, the better angels within there. Then you have the street gangs, who are like, oh wow, this is an opportunity for us to go be you know street gangs. And then you have Antifa, the domestic terrorist group. And what you're seeing happen, but it wasn't happening often enough or forcefully enough, is the Black Lives Matter people are realizing, hey, these these white Antifa people, they're making us look really bad, right? there." Because th- what they'll do is the Antifa people will go, and they're white kids, by the way. Antifa's all white kids, almost yeah. all men, too. Yeah. They'll they'll go post a little Antifa sign and then they'll post BL, the BLM. It isn't the Black Lives Matter people doing the graffiti. It's the Antifa people. But then when people see these riots happen, they're like, oh, there's looting happening and a lot of looting has been happening by, you know, black people are doing it. But it's not the Black Lives Matter people. Those are the street gangs coming in and realizing, oh, now we can you know, now we can do whatever and kind of get a free pass on it. And the, so you have Antifa, the street gang is doing it. So unfortunately, there's a very strong, just optically and visually, it's guilt by association in terms of how people perceive these events. And and I, I it's unfortunate because there there are some problems that could be addressed and could be fixed and all that's gone. People now just, just a, a mass radicalization now, which has happened within America.
0: Yeah. You said that there's something good s- about Antifa? No, no, no. About Not Black Antifa, Life but Black Lives Matter. Yeah. C- tell me one good thing about them that I'm missing.
1: Sure. They, they've they spoken out against this, the militarization of the police tactics. So, for example, we watched people try to go to the park, Moms, white moms try to go to the park, and the police are saying, oh, there's coronavirus. You can't be at the park now. And you're arresting a mom at a park because of coronavirus. Well, stuff like that has been happening to black people for decades. And then it spills over. Like, What you do you mean to-
0: like that's been happening to black people? Black people can't go to the park?
1: Well, they just get hassled over bullshit. Yeah, like what, for an over- example? Oh, for, for example, what are you doing here in this neighborhood? That that happens. That happens all the time. Does that happen to all black people? That go large, a large portion, sure. I've I've been I've been with I I've been with literally in college, black guys, black friends of mine, and people would ask them, "What are you doing over here?" So yeah, it does happen.
0: Would that happen if majority of black people did not hate white people, overreact to the cops, and been trained to uh, uh, not follow the instructions of the cops stop committing so many crimes and would they have to be questioned like that if they presented themselves majority of blacks presented themselves in a decent way no it's not a
1: majority of blacks if you look at if you look at crime bans across you know all races it's almost always men who are about 14 to 25, 14 to 28. You hit that band of bad male behavior due to testosterone and due to other issues. So no, majority of blacks don't support the criminality because if the majority of blacks, when there's crimes happening in their community, black people are the ones who are victims of it. So they it's, it's not a majority of them support it. There's um, it, It's definitely not. So a lot of people who are in Black Lives Matter, just there, there's a certain... Like you're just getting hassled, right? You're just living your life, minding your own business. You're just like getting hassled. And I remember I was like that because I grew up poor, poor white kid. and the police are not very nice to poor white people too. And you're just driving, and the cop would just follow me. Just in my my small hometown, no crimes. and and when you when you just the cops hassled me all the time growing up, me and my friends growing up, we'd go to the store, they'd follow us, follow me. And, you know, they would look down on us because you could tell I didn't have the nicest clothes. I was a poor kid, but I wasn't I was a nice kid. And you just get hassled. And when you just get hassled like that, you develop a certain mentality towards police and law enforcement.
0: What are you supposed to do if it's proven that white black on white crime is um, way out of proportion in America today? How do the police are supposed to deal with that? How just how do they deal with that?
1: Well, most homicides, not even most, something like 80 to 90 percent of homicides are intra-racial, So white on white and black on black. And then when you do have interracial crime, it tends to be about five to one in the other way. But most like most homicide victims are black people. So it isn't like black people are going into white neighborhoods and there's all of this stuff that, you know, you read on the Internet. For the most part, it is um, once you eliminate gang violence, it, that's where most of the homicides are coming from. And it isn't like the, the, like the, the idea that like black people are just roaming around to harass white people is. it's more of a internet meme or a narrative. Most of these crimes are within the black homicides are other black people. That's who, that's who are being killed 80 to
0: 90% of the time. Amazing. Do you believe that black, I mean, black, what do you call them? Sam? I mean, black, black Lives Life matter group, you think that they care about black people? I Oh, yeah, I certainly think they care about black people. Then while um, they rallying and carrying on in Chicago, last weekend, uh, crime without out of control. Weekend before that, it did, too. And they never said a word. It's happening across the country. And they don't protest black-on-black black crime at all. Yeah, they, they do, actually. But Where? Where?
1: Oh, you! I can. I'll, I'll send you guys all kinds of stuff that we actually cover this. We cover this in Hoaxed movie, my movie on that, which is they do hold these events, but the media doesn't cover the events because it's just oh here's some people walking around and they're all being nice and everything. So the, the media does. The media waits for the riots to happen. Th- this is what I love about the not love, but it's so cynical about media coverage, is the media doesn't cover the many events held held in black churches. praying for uh, prayers happening in black churches across the country. I've been to black mega churches, uh, Bishop Jones in England. I've been to these places, and this is a a major issue where it's talked about. The media, though, doesn't want to cover that because the media wants to keep everybody fighting in animosity. So the media will say, oh, great, now we have riots. We'll film the riots, but then we're going to call you racist if you're white and you don't support the riots,
0: which gens up even more hatred on both sides. That is totally true. One last question about that. If black people, when I was growing up, uh, as you know, on a plantation under Jim Crow laws, we had families, you know, fathers and mothers, grandfathers and mothers. We were taught to work and to treat people the way we would like to be treated. We didn't have black leaders. We didn't blame white people. Uh, We dealt with all people the way we would like to be dealt with. If black people went back to that, would we have the black on black crime like we're having now and the hatred of white people from the blacks that we have now?
1: Well, the biggest issue, and we're seeing this now, it's happening in the white community, is um, deadbeat dads, single parent households, dysfunctional family. Look at the, you know, look at the. So we had in the 80s the, the crack, epi- crack epidemic, crack cocaine epidemic. But then in the white community, there was the meth epidemic. And the 90s 2000s now we have the fentanyl opioid epidemic in the white community killing you know tens of thousands of people a year and that is yeah the, there is no family this is why we, we've talked about this for years where i think in 2005 you asked me if i believed in god and i was like no <laughs> and but when you look at what's happening you realize a culture without god is a culture that's doomed there's yeah. just no question about it so i become christian at least culturally <laughs> in terms of like we you know we need god even if you don't believe in God like we need God because we're seeing we're seeing what's happening without faith and without hope yeah and with just the despair that the media gens up and so like one thing the media does for example is they gen up they just gen up despair. Yeah. And they are trying to say, look, the 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 white people are coming for you, they hate you and everything. And then meanwhile, people are like, "No, like we're, we're not. We're, we're actually not. We're, we're we we like George Floyd for example, vast majority, probably 90% of the country were like, "Yeah, we think this was a bad thing. We like we're on your side." And then you're racist like, "Okay, but we're on your side, like we're trying to do something here." <laughs> yeah. And the, but the media the media won't have anybody who's remotely unifying and wants to talk about it. So instead they'll have, you know, Don Lemon lecture us, even though Don Lemon's, I think married to a white guy, you know, it's so weird. These people are like <laughs> white people are the evilest people in the world. And you know, they, uh, Van uh, Jones says white people have a mind virus. And it's yep. like, then why, you know, then why, then why, you know, why do these people like, it's a very, very bizarre thing where they're like, all white people are defective. Oh, but in our personal lives, we only hang out with white people. So they're actually the more rate they're racist. Because they don't even want to be—they're they, they're claiming white people are racist, but then they want to be with white people all the time. Yeah. And they don't want to live in other communities.
0: So you may have answered my question, but I'm black and slow. Um, if black people went back to the good old days in that they got married before having children, they stopped having black leaders or liberal white leaders. They worked and did the right thing, treated people the way they would be treated would they still be as violent and blaming white people for it?
1: Well, if if, if you're saying like good old days, like segregation, Jim Crow would, would certainly wouldn't be the good part. But why if not? You
0: talk- what was wrong with that?
1: What was wrong with the people being dehumanized? That, that's what led to all this stuff, is people being dehumanized, not being able to participate fully in civic society. Then laws that were enacted that tended to target them single-handedly. So a lot of black men ended up in prison under these drug laws, where you know other groups of people weren't ending up in prison under the same drug law. So a lot of the destruction, destruction of communities and the black community But that did not happen
0: under Jim Crow law. That came after the Jim Crow law when the civil rights movement started, which was a big mistake. It should have never happened because under the Jim Crow laws, we knew that the Democrats had that gone in certain cities, but yet we knew that there were white people who was on the side of good, black people on the side of good. And we knew we didn't deal with the bad black people or the bad white people. And so black people were not dehumanized in the way that you've been told. You've been lied to. It sounds like you believe it, Mike.
1: <laughs> yeah, I mean, I, yeah, I do. I do believe it. I've but seen. it wasn't
0: true. I grew up on it. It wasn't true. When I was growing up, black people owned land. They worked hard. They had a. I used to say, and most people thought that uh, black people were like, some of the noblest people you can ever know. They respected others. They didn't hang out with the bad black people. I don't know anyone who was engaged while I was growing up, not in Alabama, or anyone going out and attacking white people and other people. They were respectful people. Yes, there was a black and white water fountains and things like that, but that was done by the Democrats, not even the Republicans, and we knew that. So black people were not treated in, in the manner that you just said that came after the the uh, civil rights movement started and they tried to make white people and black come together. You can't make anyone love you. You have to come together naturally. And that's what started all the mess.
1: Well, I mean, black historically speaking, black people were enslaved and then you had the Reconstruction era and then you had sharecropping and then. Uh, so, it was, no, it's just historically been pretty bad. I mean, if you're if but you're saying... But not that you're... as
0: bad as you've been told that it's been. It was nothing like what you've been told, really. I, all this mess started when the blacks turned their lives over to the so-called civil rights leaders and the white Democrats. As a matter of fact, the Democrats bought the blacks from the civil rights leaders by offering them welfare. Even Dr. King. And others, they were Republicans before they became Democrats. But Lyndon B. Johnson said, paraphrasing, y'all come on my side. I will take care of them. I will give you money. I will give you welfare. You guys become the leaders. And that's when all the mess started, when black people gave over their lives to someone else.
1: Well, wel- welfare is a different issue, though, than desegregation and, and other things. I'm, I'm anti-welfare. For any any kind of race in general, for that very reason, because you we can see in 50 years, people you know, in 50 years when China takes over America, by then they're going to look at white people and talk about white people the way white people are talk about other people or or talked about them. There, the the white people are completely in decay now with with the the welfare state and the the lack of uh, father figures. Jordan Peterson, you know, comes on the scene because people grew up without dads. That's so we're seeing all the decay now happening there too. So I don't, I don't see the, you know, I'm not going to be like I'm colorblind and blah, 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 and do some kind of like liberal cucky kind of thing. But there, you are we're like, we're seeing the decay in real time. I saw where I grew up primarily white, 95% white probably, decay to meth. I had a brother go to prison 10 years, meth. Uh, so I've just seen the complete and total decimation and decay also of middle white America. So when I see that when I see that happening, it contextualizes my thinking on other different racial groups and some of the big problems.
0: But I, uh, you may have gr- grown up like that. But when I was growing up under the law, I knew no one on drugs and I knew no I knew one person. Crazy woman, a black woman, she used to sit at the bridge and, and scare us when we walk across the bridge. And I knew one drunk, and he was a functioning drunk, but, but I knew no one who hated white people, and I knew no white people who hated blacks. But the, when, you, when these uh, hustlers write history, they're writing you or uh, giving the wrong history, which is causing other blacks to be angry and out there fighting for something that they have no idea about.
1: Well, I I can't again, you know, talk to what you personally lived, but when when I grew up, a girl in my high school dated a black guy, and that was like a scandal. Right. So 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 if there were if there were no like racial animosity, and this was me growing up in the Midwest, in the '90s, and that created a certain so I I would just. The idea that there aren't white people who are racist against black people certainly wasn't true of the 80s and 90s.
0: Well, no, there are white people who hate black people and white people. There are black people who hate white people and black people. Whenever you have hate, you hate everybody. If you have love, you love everybody. So we have always had that spiritual battle going on since Adam and Eve, the warfare between good and evil. So it's not about race. It's not about color. It's about good versus evil. If you've been... If you're of God, then you have love. If you are of Satan, then you have hate. And I guarantee you, Mike, had the civil rights people never got involved and left the people alone, whites and blacks would have come together in a normal way. And we would not be having the situation we're having today in America. We were having we would have good versus evil, but we wouldn't have the black and white thing happening.
1: Well, sure. But you but you keep bringing up racial things. Versus, you know, versus black people, this or white people, this. When it's a lack of God, it's a lack of yeah. strong families. It's a lack of it's a it's a lack of a lot of issues. And I, I always say that,
0: they, that I say that it's a spiritual battle between good and evil. There's no such thing as racism, sexism, homophobiaism, Islamophobiaism, Deobidadism, anti-Semitism, white supremacism, Allah u It's not isms. It's right or wrong, good or evil.
1: Sure, that those labels just define to the, the hatred that people have yes. in their heart towards other people. Yeah. but they they manifest themselves in a certain way. Yeah. So it sounds like we don't. We just took a digression, uh, maybe. But it sounds like we're agreeing. But the the harder problem though is it's nice to be able to diagnose what's happening. But yeah, there I I don't see a solution for see, seeably absent a major spiritual revolution, a major yeah. coming to God. Uh, I we're agree. Just, we're, we're in a nihilistic, sort of desolistic kind of age where you can make money, and money's the only thing about America that people care about. You come to America to make money, but that's it. And then you have all these squabblings and hatred all the time everywhere. So I don't, I don't see it changing, unfortunately.
0: Mike, do you still support the Great White Hope?
1: <laughs> Trump, uh, Trump can be his own guy. I know you call him the Great White Hope, right? <laughs> you're talking about Trump's his own guy, but I'm I'm doing my own thing. So whatever Trump
0: does is on him. Do you still support him? I don't oppose or support him. I'm just neutral. Meaning, meaning what? You can take him or leave him.
1: Meaning, I I think that he hasn't done a lot of things he was supposed to do. Meaning that I think he'll do an amnesty deal in 2020 with Lindsey Graham. So. You know, if you want conservative Supreme Court justices, he's a good guy. There, he hasn't shut down universities, he hasn't taken away their endowments. He had, you know, it took him four days to talk about Antifa violence and riots. But his supporters, we talked about this in 2015, his supporters were getting clocked in the head with bricks by Antifa, and he never did anything as president. So, in that regard, he's just, he's like all of us, flawed. But there are, he, re, there are things that he realistically could have accomplished that he chose not to accomplish because of his own myopia and self-indulgent mentality.
0: Um, I truly hope you're wrong about the uh, uh, amnesty thing. But last night, Tucker Carson said that the president is being heavily influenced by his son-in-law. Um, what's his son in law name? Jared Kushner. Jared Kushner, who is a who seemed to be a liberal Jew. Do you believe that he's being influenced by his son-in-law?
1: Well, Kushner is Orthodox, and Orthodox 90% support Trump. But Kushner, yeah, so Kushner, yeah, Kushner, they're Orthodox. Ivanka converted, and— Does Orthodox mean
0: Jew? I mean, being liberal?
1: No, no, Orthodox are—they're also actually hated by— um, a lot of people in the media, because they tend to be very conservative, very pro-family. Ninety percent of Hasidic and Orthodox and ultra-Orthodox Jews voted for Trump. That's why when you had these violent attacks on Hasidic Jews in New York, the media didn't want to cover them. Because, but but that's anyway. I digress. But so why Kush-
0: is if if Kushner is a conservative, why is he for open borders, and why is he for according to Tucker? Why is he for uh, letting all these inmates out of prisons and jails under the pretense that black people, so many black people have been locked up unfairly, unjustly? Why is he for all the wrong things if that's true and if he is a conservative?
1: Well, uh, conservative means in terms of adherent to religious practice uh, versus socially or politically conservative. Ivanka and Jared are, I mean, Trump was, before Trump ran, Trump was just a typical Rockefeller Republican, which is a centrist, maybe center-left Republican. So Kushner is, wasn't MAGA. Tr- Kushner looks down on Trump voters, looks down on his supporters. He looks down on anybody who goes in the White House and wants to do anything that's kind of MAGA. But it isn't because of his religion or not because of his religion. It's because he, he and Ivanka, they want to be liked. Like they were. There was a, a cocktail party. Kelly and Connolly was there, too. Where are at their same cocktail party, partying with the liberal elite in the Hamptons. That's that's who they want to be liked by. They want to be able to show their faces at the ballet and people say, oh, yeah, these are the people saving the White House of <laughs> the evil orange man. That's their agenda. But when Tucker criticizes Kushner and other people criticize Kushner, that just shows that Trump's beta because why is Trump just not being his own man? Right. Why can't Trump just say, this is why I ran? This is what I ran on. These are the people who have my back. This is my base. And I don't care what, you you know, I don't care what you, the rest of you say. So I I don't, I've never found it persuasive. Oh yeah, Trump's advisors are telling him this. Well, quit being baited Trump. Be your own man. Do your thing. Make it happen. His instincts are almost always right.
0: Yeah, they are. I believe that if that's true, I don't know if it's true that he's listening to Kushner or not, but if it's true, I think the president will snap out of it because the president loved this country. And so far, in spite of all his enemies around him, he's still trying to do what's best for the country.
1: Uh, Trump is? Yes. Oh, I, I don't. I, Trump is just. Trump is Trump. Um, I, I don't know. He doesn't have a cohesive vision for America that he cares enough about to fight for. Uh, uh, he, he was in office where they do tax cuts. You know, you know we need to, you know, well, that's great i appreciate it i appreciate you know a, a three or four percent raise or whatever ended up being from the tax cut no, no actually i'm in mean, california mine went up because they eliminated certain deductions that you had in in california so my tax tax bill went up but there yeah i don't think trump wakes up and has this like you have a, a coherent worldview by that i mean like if I ask you a certain issue, I, I kind of know what you're going to think, and I kind of know what you're right. going to do right. because you have some consistency. Trump just sort of follows. Oh, this is a hot thing. I, I'll do that. I'll do that. that. That that's Trump.
0: Amazing. So, um, did you stop being pro-Trump after the president fired General Michael Flynn? Uh, did you feel feel that he betrayed Michael Flynn? Yeah, yeah. So did that yeah. have an impact on you turning? Uh, away from him,
1: oh, yeah, for sure. That just showed utter weakness, galllessness. it It, it was um complete and total. you know because we talk about the lack of fathers, the lack of masculinity, right. And that just showed you're weak. That Flynn, you're just weak. It was pathetic. It was cowardly. It was gross. And I realized, okay, this guy he he <laughs> he didn't show good leadership. He threw a general to the FBI. And that was it for me. I was like, okay, this is this is who he is. That's his character. What if there was ever any doubt about his character? It was revealed in the moment. That doesn't mean that he won't do things that can be good and that you can't steer him in the right way. But yeah, I'll never, I'll never forgive him for that.
0: But maybe if you knew that what was really going on behind the scene, you can understand why he made that decision. No, but I, I did know that though.
1: Oh, you did. I mean, no, no, I was, I was the one who, before Flynn was fired, said they're going to try to fire Flynn, and here's why, because, I, I mean, I talk to people inside the White House every day. So I, this is never – like, I don't have opinions about what Trump is or does based on what I read in the news. I mean, I know what's happening inside there, and I knew they were going after Flynn, and I was saying, you got to hold the line. You can't show any weakness. If you show any weakness, it's over. And then he did. He showed that weakness, and what he told Flynn at the time is – he said, "Michael, you gotta go. I just need this Russia story to go away." That's what he said.
0: But if you notice, Michael Flynn has not turned on him. No, he needs a pardon. You can't.
1: Yeah, if you, if you're, if if you're in the running for potentially a presidential pardon, you just have to take it like a good soldier. And if you've been in the military for 30, 40 years, you're going to have to serve under people who maybe you view as a little weak and factless. Flynn served under Obama. And, but Flynn was squeezed out ultimately. But Flynn never bashed Obama until you know when he even when he re, even when he was on the Trump campaign he was he would say the locker up about Hillary. But he wasn't out there bashing Obama either because that's if you're a good soldier, that's what you do. You realize okay, my leadership might not be quite what it needs to be, but I'm going to soldier on.
0: Do you believe that if it wasn't for the parting thing, as you mentioned, that Flynn would turn on Trump?
1: Not turn in terms of vocally disavow him or decry him. No, I don't think General—that's not the kind of person General Flynn is. He's not a drama monger. He's He wouldn't—he's not somebody who maybe needs to share his opinion on everything. I think he would keep all that to himself. Are you mad at the president? No. no ang-
0: anger is definitely not the word for it. Disappointed? Embarrassed? Uh, I've noticed that in life that people, like— care about you or pretend to care about you as long as you're doing and acting and saying what in their mind they want you to do, act and say. But if you do one thing, in most cases, not all, but one thing or say something that they don't agree with, then they no longer your friend or supporter. Uh, Is that you with him? Well, that's different when you're a, an
1: elected official. So you say a lot of things because I watch your clips and your <laughs> highlight reels. I love your show and I love how I love how great it's gone. You say a lot of things that I consider mortifying uh, at times. <laughs> like what? But I still. Oh, I mean, come on. <laughs> Some, but mortifying. But I still love you. I think you're great. I think on balance you're doing you're, you're taking the you know, you're. Your message on balance is in the right direction. Yeah. So directionally, you're okay. But yeah, you say things where I'm like, I can't believe... But I would never bash you. Never. Right. You, you will never see a bad tweet or word from me spoken about you. But the flip side is you're not an elected official. Trump is in office. Trump has a job to do. Trump has promises he to, has to make. And the people like me who aggressively supported him and in some ways shaped the election are not getting... Your, if you're not keeping your promises as a leader... That's a lot different. But in terms of people who are friends, I, I, I have friends. Where I, I, they, they'll tweet things and I just like I get in a and I was just helping anything. But I'll never I'll never bash them or not be their friend because of that.
0: Will you vote for the president this time around? 2020? I don't
1: know. It's still what? early.
0: You got to earn my vote. Every, you got to earn it. There is no one else like the president. If we don't reelect him, then it's over for America. I don't know that, I mean, short
1: term, but over is, I mean, you're what, 70 years old, even though you look 50? I
0: you, just turned 71 last Friday. There you go, yeah. Amazing. So nobody,
1: nobody, amazing nobody would believe that, exactly. <laughs> so, you, you know, you've seen a lot, and I'm 42. I've seen a lot. So I've, uh, whether it being over for America, I don't think so. There are counter reactions. There are different things that can happen. So, so for example, the The death of George Floyd was bad for Trump for about a day. Now it's the best thing that ever could happen to him because people realize, oh, yeah, we need guns. Gun control is done. There's no like – good. there's no – the gun control debate is officially over. (laughs) It has been ended. Yeah. So, so gun control was actually looking like it might happen because Dan Crenshaw supported red flag laws. Trump kind of flirted with it until he got pushed back. The NRA became just completely corrupt where they're living in mansions and partying it up and popping bottles and everything like that, not really fighting for the gun owners anymore. It was just a big grift. And I was like, I bet you there will be pretty strict gun laws pretty soon now. So I would have said guns, the gun debate, you know, is maybe over. Now you're like, oh, no, people have been radicalized. Liberals, a very prominent liberal, I won't name, messaged me a couple months ago and was like, Mike, all the gun stores are out of guns. Where do I get a gun? (laughs) And this is a very, like, cucky kind of liberal type. That's where people are. And then also, if you know human psychology, you know that mothers are, are afraid now because people are being har- harmed and there's no more stronger protective force than a mother's love for her child. And that's going to radicalize a lot of women who might view Trump as a sexist pig and blah, 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 to be like, we need the strong man in the White House. So that's a very long way of saying I- I'm hesitant to say that any election means that it's quote unquote over.
0: Mike, we're running out of time, but I got to ask you about your movie Host and uh, tell the people a about- quickly about it and why they really need to see it. I know it's been banned from Amazon or something like that, but how can people see it and why should they see it? Yeah, people
1: can go to hoaxedmovie.com, H-O-A-X-E-D-M-O-V-I-E.com. Why should people watch a movie? Because it changes aesthetics, uh, changes your outlook on life. It changes your philosophical filter on the world. It changes your understanding of the world. And Hoaxed, does that in many different levels and on many different layers we also we we report on um black lives matter and we're a little bit maybe um nice to them so maybe you should watch (laughs) that segment And and then after you do we can we can talk about if you think that was a hoax because i said i think that there's a lot of people in black lives matter who are doing good and a lot of this is just manufactured media division to radicalize people and make people hate
0: each other. And we need to figure that out. I watched most of it last night because Mm -hmm. I knew I would be talking to you today. And I have to tell you, the the part that I was able to see was mind-blowing, eye-opening. I It made me see things even more clear about the media and what really goes on that we don't necessarily see.
1: Thank you. Yeah, I appreciate that. And that's that's the idea. The, the big themes, the yeah. big themes of how, how do you find, you know, because it's, it's a complicated question. Like, what is true? Like, people say they're going to fact check you. Well, what is even a fact? Right. What is a fat, fact different than an opinion. And then you're putting together facts. But what in facts do you include? And in what, because here's what every lawyer knows every, lo- every lawyer knows, and you can just wave your hand if we're running out of time, but every lawyer knows you can cr- use only facts to tell a lie. Yeah. Because you can give people five facts, leave out five other facts. And then when you read only those five facts by themselves, you think, oh, wow, that guy's an SOB. And you're like, oh, but you left out. So, for example, I, is, it, let's say murder, right? Murder case. I would say this man shot this other man in the head. Oh, gosh. Murder they leave out the part after the other man tried to murder his family. Right. Oh, now, so you you told the truth. You told a lie by only using a fact. And a lot of people don't know that. And this helps explain that.
0: Well, it is truly an eye-opening movie. I highly recommend it for everybody and their mama. Um, But, Mike, I'm going to go on my knees for you because we got to bring you back to the Great White Hope. You got to support the Great White Hope, man.
1: Well, you know, Trump it's still early. November's not until <laughs> a lot can happen. If you'd have told me if you'd have told me in December, well I would have believed it because I, I, I tend to believe in probable events happen, but imagine you told somebody in November when the stock market's thirty thousand dollars or thirty thousand points, record highs, everybody's making money. Oh yeah, there's gonna be a pandemic that's gonna shut down the country, and then after that we're gonna have riots.
0: I know. All before June. Yeah, no, right? that's amazing. You know, yeah. every my last question. Uh, every week, I have a brand new biblical question. You have to be on with the new biblical question. Do you see yourself as an important person?
1: Yeah, I I saw that you said that earlier. Yeah, absolutely. And I think it. What's people...
0: important about you?
1: Well, we're, because we're all here and we're all God's creations, and if you don't live as if you're important then you're not going to treat yourself the way you should treat yourself. And, and what's not gonna... important about you? Me, I mean, I've changed world, world affairs. I've altered the course of world history.
0: Amazing. Mike servant, thank you so much, man. It's good to talk to you again, and I hope to see you soon. My pleasure, brother. Have a good one, all right? Be safe out there. Right. You too. Be nice. All right. Thank you. Amazing. Mike Cernivist, folks. Well, check him out, all right? Amazing, amazing guy. Amazing. <laughs> And don't forget to like, follow, tweet, subscribe, and share the Jesse Lee Peterson Radio Show, folks. We really appreciate it. We are at war. It is a spiritual battle for the soul of America. And it's going to take all of us to do it.